This is an ABC podcast. It's time to get out and about in the garden with Rowanna and Sabrina here on ABC Radio Perth and WA. Yes, the band is back together. Nice to be back with you. Welcome to our regional listeners. Joining us for the first time today, Roots and Shoots, Sabrina Hahn and Rowena Edwards here with you. If you're listening through ABC Perth, we did talk earlier in the show about uh, your favourite memories involving trees when you were a child. What was the, the tree that you uh, found yourself climbing around in? Or if you were like me, the peppermint willows that you swept and ran out to in the playground at school and broke off a branch and swept underneath them to keep them spotless as it turned into your cubby house for the lunch break. Um, You're welcome to continue. We will have a bit of a focus during Roots and Shoots uh, today. It is National Tree Day tomorrow. We'll have a special guest join us at 9.40, 20 to 10 this morning. Um, So stay listening for that. But, yeah, you're welcome to share your memories of um, your adventures with trees, in trees, under trees, on trees, whatever they are with us this morning. The text number and the phone number, as always, if you're texting 0437-922-720. If you're calling 1300-222-720. And of course, if you've got a photo you'd like us to see, you need to be just that little bit more savvy and get us an email. So Perth Weekends with an S on the end, at your.abc.net.au. We've already got a few emails coming through, so we'll make sure we get to those as well. But we better say hello to Sabrina Hahn. Howdy, Sabby. Well, good morning, Rowanna. How are you? I am fabulous. It's been a long time since we've been together. But that's okay. I've recharged the batteries, come back with more energy than ever. Um, What about you? you? Are you out of all baby snuggled out yet? Oh, I know. Well, I'm actually in Sydney with my brother now, ah. so that's a. I'm looking at a whole different bottle here. Um, <laughs> Back to the usual then. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. So I, oh, it was so hard to leave though oh, because you know newborn babies they change every single day, mm. so you notice them, you know, starting to focus and. I tell you what, though, Ro, being mm-hmm. a grandmother and you listen to the baby crying at night time, <laughs> you just roll over and go back to sleep. It's that minor inconvenience and then you're like, oh, not my problem. <laughs> not mine. I, I'll just go straight back to sleep now. Oh, well, I do <laughs> hope it's you been great. passed on plenty of best wishes and uh, cuddles oh, as well from all of I us did. here. I did indeed. I did indeed. Um, what, when, are you, when are you coming back? You joined me in Monday. So I'll be back uh, with Christine on Tuesday. And then, of course, there'll be the the triad me, you, and Ebbs. I know. It's been a while since the three of us were all in the studio. Hard to believe anyone still lets us all get together back in the studio. (laughs) But we haven't been. I don't think anyone's. Anyone's game to split us up now. <laughs> no, no, they don't seem to be. Um, everyone's obviously ace, uh, either out splashing in the puddles or just having mm. a good time listening. But uh, just a little secret, if you've got a question for Sab, there's some open phone lines at the moment. I know just on that they will go bang and Eb's going to scream. But 1300 222 without your calls. Might be a bit of a boring show. Um, Never. No, that's not true. It'd probably be a rip snorter, wouldn't it, Sab? Yeah, absolutely. We just let rip, bro. <laughs> um, 
National Tree Day tomorrow. Will you get some tree planting in? Yes, well, um, I've been doing a beautiful project up at Bindoon. We've been putting hundreds mm. of trees. Um, well, when I say I, uh, <laughs> a fabulous team of hardworking people yep. are doing that and I just point and go, that goes there. Uh, but it is um, – so National Tree Day really is something that we should all focus on uh, re- just knowing how important trees are on mm. this little planet that we share. And uh, you can never have too many trees, I say. Put some more in. Plant Get one involved. tomorrow. Go on. Yeah, Go absolutely. Find a beautiful or, one. Or at least save the ones that we have growing because we're not very good at that in WA. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of trees that just, I don't know, people don't like leaves apparently. Mm. There was a hilarious – well, it was It was so It was so sad that it actually wasn't funny. But someone posted a picture of their plastic lawn, their artificial lawn, and the neighbour had a beautiful flowering plum tree and the flower petals fell on his plastic lawn. <laughs> so he, he'd posted what he could do about – this travesty of having nature Life trees ruining his plastic lawn. His yeah. plastic lawn. <laughs> I just looked at that and thought, oh, dearie me. Rolled your eyes and moved on. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're funny creatures. We really oh, are. Yeah, strange. Let's jump into our calls. Uh, 1300-222-720. Sally is in the city and she wants to have a chat. Morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Morning, Sal. Good. Um, I've got a macadamia tree that's stand well, most of it's standing about three metres, and then I've got about a metre of it is just at right angles. It's not broken, but it's just yeah. like hanging over. Can I? It's chop on that a lean. Off? It's gone the lean. Yeah, lean. take that yeah. off. Okay, so Definitely. just at the, just below it, and will it sort of branch out, or will it keep going up? Because there's really only two limbs on it. Okay, so what you need to do, it's a bit early to do it yet, but Sally, if you can leave it until the end of August, take mm-hmm. that the leaning branch off. You can either, depending how high up it is, you can either cut it back by 50% or take oh. it off right at the trunk, okay? Oh. And then the top of the tree, I want you to cut a third off the top of the tree because then you'll get a much thicker canopy on it. You'll get like a okay. um, dome canopy. Brilliant. Yep. Thank you very much. Good on My you, pleasure. Sally. Thank <laughs> you. We've got texts uh, rolling in. Uh, Louise says, Sabrina, help. My young frangipani has been ringbarked under one leaf, head cluster by a huge snail. I thought it was a possum, but caught the culprit mid-munch yesterday. How can I rescue my poor young frangipani that had just started blooming last year? Um, That's really interesting about that snail. So, Louise, I want you to take a picture of that. Oh, she may have squashed it already. Um, Because there are some very large snails that shouldn't be here, and I'm just wondering if it's Mm. that. So... Louise, download the app called My Pest Guide Reporter. If you've still got the snail, take a picture of it but put a either a 50-cent or a 20-cent coin next to it so they can gauge what size it is. Send it into My Pest Guide. 
Now, in terms of your frangipani, not a problem at all. You need to prune back where it's been ring barked at an angle, a 45 degree angle. So come down about two centimetres below where it's been ring barked and prune that off, that bit there. So that'll do the trick. There we go, Louise. You're in luck. Um, Let's go to an email from perthweekends at your.abc.net.au. Felicity received these lovely flowers and then she developed a severe allergic reaction. It's never happened before. Can you spot the culprit from this photo, Sab? Is it the yellow fronds at the bottom, do you think? Now, um, this is a great question because a lot of people have no idea that chrysanthemums are a really high allergen plant. So in this exquisite bunch of flowers, Mm. there's uh, protea, some... Uh, isn't it lovely? Dianthus, stocks, roses, and a dirty, fat, big <laughs> chrysanthemum. <laughs> now, it will definitely be the chrysanthemum flower. And I know in Chinese herbal medicine, they use the root to for something. I don't know what it is. But a lot of people have severe allergic reactions to the flower petals. Mm. So uh, it's quite common. So... It's a shame because it's such a beautiful flower. Mm. Um, so whip that one out, Felicity, and keep the rest of the flowers. Yeah, there we go. We've mm. all learnt something this morning. Thank you, Sab. Um, good morning, Sabrina. Patricia from Australind with a query regarding a mulberry tree. It's mm. still young, about five years, but the fruit only gets to the size of a pea and that's it. Should I prune it back, brush all the fruit off? Any advice you can give, Patricia, please, Sab? Okay, don't worry about brushing all the fruit off. Now, when um, when mulberry trees are fruiting in cold weather, they don't develop proper fruit. So um, I don't know if it's fruiting now, but if it is, it's very, very early. Uh, now, it can be the type of um, uh, fruit tree that it is. So... There's many different mulberry trees and some of the Hicks fancy don't develop proper fruit. The weeping mulberry tree doesn't develop proper fruit at all. It's actually a different strain of tree altogether and you won't get proper fruit off it. So if it's that one, you're never going to get good fruit Mm. off it. I still reckon the best mulberry. And speaking of your favourite tree to climb. Yes. (laughs) And get stained up. Oh, my God. When I was a kid, my nan, uh, her friend lived out on a farm and she had, well, I was only little, so I would have thought that it was a 100-foot mulberry tree. We used to, as kids, get in that mulberry tree and just come out black (laughs) and gorge, absolutely gorge ourselves. It's such a great climbing tree. It's just I, such I recommend, an adventure tree. It's it's so it? much a part of people's childhood. Yeah. Um, if you've had that experience, it, yeah, they're special they're memory a big makers. Tree. But nevertheless, if you don't mind having black stained kids <laughs> and black stains all over your wherever you put your mulberry tree, remembering that they get to about fifteen to twenty meters high and wide, um, you can get a dwarf one though. Ah. Mm. So anyway, I reckon it's the type of mulberry that she's got. All right. Personally. 
Good luck with that one, Patricia. Thank you. Let's head back to the phones, 1300 720. Ryan is in Kensington. Good morning, Ryan. Uh, good morning, ladies. I was just going to ask, what's the best time of year to start to aerate your soil for your lawn? Okay, uh, too early at the moment. You really have to wait for it to start warming up, Ryan. So um, I would leave it until September. And then you can, if you're going to use a a machine to aerate it, um, you can hire those and you just go, takes out plugs. But you definitely have to wait till September. Yes, I usually use the roller that you fill up with water. It's got about a four inch strike that comes out of it. Yep. Now, with the holes that are left in the ground, um, do you put a bit of fertiliser and then a, a shade of topsoil on top of that as well? Yep, yep. You can topsoil it and fertilise it all at the same time. All right, so another couple of months or so. Yeah, leave it a couple of months. Just put your feet up until then, Ryan. <laughs> Relax, <laughs> kick back uh, and drive safely. Sounded like you are in the car, Ryan. Thank you for your call this morning. Uh, Tony sent us a lovely memory um, about his experience in trees as a kid. As farm kids, my brother and I were forever clambering up and down the trees on our place. One day I came face to face with a very cranky looking racehorse goanna on a branch <laughs> of a York gum. <laughs> In my shock, Tony lost his balance and tumbled five metres to the ground. Gosh, that's a long way. Happily into a patch of lush wild oats. Didn't cure me of my love for tree climbing, though. Still doing it at 65 years of age, albeit to prune the olive and fruit trees. Good on you, Tony. (laughs) Oh, man, I can feel my whole body tensing up and just freezing in horror. Because they're big. They're so big. Oh, my God. And I remember always having a fear of them. And, and I remember, I think, mum saying to me once, and I don't know if she was doing it seriously or just one of those things that you do to petrify kids, but it, she said, A, you couldn't run up a tree to get away because it could come up the tree too and yep. not to stand still because it might think you are the tree yep. and run straight up you. So. Yeah, I've seen that my dad. Beautiful creatures in photos or videos, oh, but stunning. in person, just um, yeah. so, yeah, frightening. I went out with my dad once and I actually saw a racehorse go and climb up him to get up Seriously? the tree. Yeah. It's he not just had a myth. <laughs> Urban legend. Claw marks all, all down <gasps> his shoulder blades. Yeah. But oh they're the gosh. most magnificent yeah, looking are. lizards. They really are. They're very mm. special. Um, oh, Eb. Do you know what? I thought Eb would be, you know, staying away from the mulberries and not wanting that stain everywhere. But she said she stained the pavers with the mulberries. <laughs> Big trouble as kids, she's written in caps lock. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Ebs. the mulberries. That's all right. You can keep sharing your mulberry stories with us or your moments of coming face to face with a racehorse goanna. Or maybe, like Sab was saying, you are the tree. Yep. <laughs> In that situation, you're not just playing around the trees. You are the tree. Um, let's head to Susan, who's in Mount Pleasant. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. Morning, Susan. Morning. I've just got a question. I've got this... Um well, I think it's a noxious weed that has like um, very soft, furry leaves and really horrible prickles, thorns at, up the stem, and ah. it just comes up everywhere. And I wouldn't know yeah. how to get rid of it. It's probably the asparagus weed. 
Yeah, because um, yeah, that's that sounds exactly what it's like, and it's a mongrel to get rid of. I can tell you right now, uh, gly- <laughs> it laughs at glyphosate, has no effect on it whatsoever, and unfortunately, Susan, uh, the best way of um, getting rid of that is to actually dig it up constantly. Dig it up. Okay. Yeah, persistence the is the name deep? of the game. No, no, they're not. They're not. You have to arm yourself literally with uh, cast iron gloves that go from the, your fingertips right yeah. up to your elbows um, mm. and dig them out. It really okay. is the most effective way of doing it. Because they spread so so much and um, mm. I'm not sure it's at our back fence. I, I'm not sure if it's my neighbours or mine, but it's just going mad on mine. Yeah. And, um, uh well, blame your neighbour because it makes you feel better anyway. Um, but honestly, just persist with digging up because they have a like a – it's sort of like a corm at the at the bottom. So you need to – but they're, they're not that deep. So get a long-handled shovel and just go and dig. Thank you, Susan. Uh, Sab, what's a qualup bell? Quail up, quail, quail up, up bell. Um, that's a beautiful pimelia. It's found at the Ravensthorpe, all all at um, the the uh, national park down there. Okay, it has the most. It's like the princess of wildflowers. Oh. So it has a beautiful look it up. bell. I'm sure, I know it. But I just... Oh, you'll know it. You'll know it, Ro. Um, and it has a beautiful pink bell with a, a slight creamy tip on it. Um, and oh, yes. it yes. is a stunner. And just it's very difficult to grow it on its own rootstock because people overwater it and it dies. All right. Well, on so, that note, mm-hmm. Linda needs some help. Ah. Um, I wasn't just picking that name out of thin air. Um, there right. is a text associated with it. I've uh, Linda writes, I've managed to keep three grafted quail up bells from the big green shed alive into their yep. third year. They're in flower now. However, the flowers have lost all their pink red colour and are only green. Is there anything I can do to restore their colour? She does say it's probably too late for this year, but maybe for next year, Sab. Uh, I would up the potassium. So... Uh, now, remember that quail up bells grow in uh, sort of that gravelly, sandy soil. Um, so they need l- full sun for a start. So it could be going green because it's not getting enough sun. Get some uh, a, a fertiliser that's really, really slow-release nitrogen no phosphorus whatsoever and a bit of potassium and sprinkle that around the base. Um, But I think actually they're not getting enough sun. I reckon that's the problem. Okay. All right. Thank you for that, uh, Sabby. Hi, Sabrina. I have a rhubarb corm. Mm-hmm. That yep. looks as if it's now three plants. It really oh. struggled last year as it is in full sun. Can I divide it up now and should I move it to a less sunny spot? Hope you can help. Liz in Warwick. Absolutely, Liz. Uh, now, don't divide it up. It's too cold and too damp and rhubarb will sulk if they get uh, divided up in winter. Again, wait until September. September's a very busy time in the garden, bro. <laughs> so divide sprung. it up. Yep. Divide it up in September, get some fresh potting mix. 
Rhubarb doesn't like our full sun, but it still needs half a day of sun. So put it in morning sun up to about 11, 11.30 and it'll be happy as. Do not plant the corm too deep because it will rot. Okay. Thank you. Uh, scrolling right down to our emails now, um, perthweekends at your.abc.net.au. Uh, these two trees, writes Greg in Hillary's, are within six metres of each other in a Hillary's next to a swimming pool. The one on the left appears healthy, but the one on the right looks sick. Could you please suggest what could be the issue and any corrective action I could take? Also, if you know the name of the plant, that would be great, Sab. That's Chef Lera. It is uh, the Queensland umbrella tree. Oh. And ooh, a Queensland umbrella tree, I wouldn't have personally anywhere near a pool because uh, the root system is, well, it's enormous. <laughs> um, so Queensland umbrella tree, The I would say the, the one that's thriving and looks thick and lush and glorious has mm. access to more water. So somehow it's getting more sun and more water um, and hence. Now, if you want the one that's looking a little bit less than marvellous, just cut the top off it. So take a third off the top. It will shoot at the bottom. Fertilise it. Put a wetting agent on it and um, uh, water it in well. Now, the one thing about the Queensland umbrella tree is it, it sets this fruit and the seed that the parrots absolutely love. But you do have to remember in a small raised garden bed, which those umbrella trees are in, their root system are going to actually burst that little wall that they're in. So tough decision to make there. Mm. All right. So there you go, Greg and Hillary's. And just a reminder, if you miss Sab's instructions um, and want those details in a way that you can write them down again, the show stays up on our ABC Perth website for seven days. And uh, there is, of course, the podcast as well, um, if you're that way inclined and want to download that. And you can go back much further in the catalogue of Roots and Shoots episodes. But certainly if, you know, you missed it right then and you want to check it later today before you head out in the garden, then just jump on the ABC Perth website, look for Roots and Shoots under the Programs tab, and then you are able to listen back for the next seven days, which is... I'm sure, pretty helpful for some of you. Um, back to our callers, Jan from Bassendine. Good morning. Good morning. Um, thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, I, I wanted to ask Sab about a passion fruit vine and it's lost all its leaves and I left it for a long time, but I'm hoping that it will come back very soon. Do you think it will? Yeah, Jan, we've had a fair bit of rain um, this winter. Well, thankfully, and hopefully mm. we'll get a lot more. Passion fruit vines can quite often just dump all their leaves. I wouldn't worry too much about it at this stage. So give it a, a damn good haircut at the beginning of September. Fertilise well, it, it has, water it's it. It's lost all its leaves and there isn't much of it to haircut. <laughs> no, that, that's all right, Jan. That's all right. Um, there's nothing wrong with pruning a, a vine that has no leaves whatsoever because it encourages new growth. So still prune it in September and um, it'll either die or come back with a flourish, one or the other. <laughs> 
No, no, it won't. That won't kill it. I can assure you that won't kill it. But yeah, so September, prune, fertilise water, and off she goes. Good on you, Jan. Thank you for giving us a call this morning. Uh, very close to Sab's pick of the week, but we might be able to get through another call or two before then. Malcolm is in Hilton. Good morning. Good morning. First, I want to talk about my favourite type of tree. Oh, good. Yeah, in the New South Wales rainforest, you get the strangler fig. Do you know it? Yeah, yeah, I certainly do, Malcolm. I've climbed a strangler strangler, um, fig myself many occasions. Out, Out the back of Byron, there's a particular one that the original big tree like a brush box or whatever has rotted out of the middle and you can go inside it and look right up and see a branch with light coming in two holes. Wow. How exquisite. It's amazing that it just starts as a little vine and a whole bunch of them meld together into a cathedral. Yep, that's exactly right. Trees are the most amazing things on the planet. And the um, the Morton Bay figs as well, when they don't prune off the um, lower branches. The lower, yeah. They, they become big springs for kids to spring up and down like that. <laughs> I know, isn't it great? <laughs> we used to go and stop off and ask, Dad, oh, stop, stop, and we'd go and <laughs> there's a particular one that was in a paddock and we'd go in there and just ride the branches. <laughs> That's so fun, Malcolm. I love I love hearing those stories. Marg from Nedlands has sent us a story which is a little bit different uh, in terms of the ways that trees evoke memories for her and her family. So Marg writes, to encourage my young kids as we did our weekly three-kilometre paper round, she says they did that over 20 years and with seven kids, the best entertainment they had was deciding what tree root shapes were dangerous animals. So on the paper round, they would go past a crocodile that had to be avoided, a snake, and even a lion. She admits they had very imaginative minds. And um, her Siamese cat, that as soon as she left to take the dog for a walk, the cat would climb a tree, wait for them, and then pounce on the dog in spite. (laughs) The poor dog never learnt to dodge. beautiful is that? Oh, so nice. It's really been lovely people sharing their stories um, about the time they've spent with trees and and the memories that they evoke. Um, Sav, as you say, such an important part um, of, you know, not only critical uh, to us Mm. breathing and being alive and all those important things, but I think our well-being and our mental well-being and and our memories and that sort of thing, which is um, really nice too. And we will have a very special guest with us in just a tick um, to talk more about National Tree Day. But before then, we better get to this, Sab. It is that time again. It is. Sabrina's musical pick of the week. Pick of the week. I know you're going to dig this. Here we go now. What do we got coming our way today, Sab? What can you tell us? Well, you know, I'm in Sydney, and Sydney mm-hmm. is the uh, one of the very, very hot hip-hop areas, and, uh, you know, I haven't had the opportunity to go out 
uh, clubbing um, <laughs> and and seeing some live hip hop. But um, you've retired from that sort of. Behavior, I, 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 have, I have, Ro, I have. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's interesting actually because I don't mind hip hop, so I listen. From opera to hip hop, which is yeah. quite an extensive range, we we'll get to um, experience it all here on Roots and Shoots. <laughs> don't you ever? <laughs> so this um, this young girl, which is she, her her stage name is A Girl, A capital A Girl, mm-hmm. um, and her her real name is Polynesian, and I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce it properly, but um, she's a big hit here in Sydney. And she's covered Stevie Wonder's um, higher, uh, ground. higher Ground, yeah, like a version. And it's a it's a beautiful version of Stevie Wonder's song. I really like it. All right, let's take a listen. 27 to 10 on Roots and Shoots. This is Sab's Pick of the Week. That wasn't too bad. I'm not sure if our ABC Perth listeners can cope with it, Sab. <laughs> But yes, actually, I'm wrong. The texts are flooding in. And it's thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. Uh, Sabrina, you've won me over again with your music today. Wicked tune. Keep the beats coming, Sabin Row. That's from Sandy and Reggie Dog in Scarborough. Another text says, love it. Christina says, love this week's song pick. Great choice. Jenny says, yes, love this song. Sab, you've rocked it this week. Oh, um, God. I'm thinking perhaps those that didn't like it possibly turned off. But, you know, they'll come back. <laughs> Or turned it down or whatever. But we know they'll come back because they can't get enough Absolutely. of fruits and shoots. Um, Annie and Chidlow, not bad. Not sure about the rapping bit. Oh, yeah. Mm. Annie, well, come on. Know. Embrace the modern ways. Absolutely. Yobs um, with utes. Yeah. Oh, you know, really? Meanie. Um, someone else has said, good if we could try our best to say her name. So you know what? I'll give it a crack. Okay, go. go. Hinanui Tarangi Tairua. Not sure on the last bit, but there we go. I completely accept. Yes, we will give the due respect and have a go at it. Apologies if it's not quite right. Um, But, yeah, great song. Sam from Jero, Sabrina, I think if people want to take on Stevie Wonder, then they shouldn't try and mix it with rap. Please never play that song again. Sam's passionate about this one. On another note, he remembers you saying that you were coming through. Well, you're on the East Coast, so nowhere near Jero at the moment, but... You've got to let Sam know if you do end up heading that way. Um, <laughs> another text says song was going fine until the rapping. The rap. Oh, it's the it's the rap that's getting oh, our listeners. They're not loving the rap. That. Uh, you're poking a bear here. Um, Claire says hi, ladies. I love that song. Another text says love it. Another text says great pick. Love it. So yeah, so I, I reckon you're getting. High Mostly ratio of positive. loves. Uh, yeah. The rap has stretched some people, but outside of the rap, I think they're going okay. <laughs> I think the opera stretches some people too. Uh, we have to we have to leave ourselves open to experience new things. Oh, love this version of Higher Ground. Um, fab, fab, fab says Denmark Libby. Yeah, you, you're definitely um, rocking it have had more negative feedback for songs than this one. Um, yep, definitely. There is a lot of like here. So. Oh, excellent. We do love that. Hey, 
we better jump to our special guest. Is this a mate yes. of yours that you've bumped into? Oh, you can't have bumped into because he's in Perth no, no. and you're not, Sabrina. No, and usually he's in Tasmania. So we have Bob Brown, but I heard a whisper that Bob was in Perth and I'm kicking myself that I'm not there <laughs> at the same time. Um, so, of course, everyone would know Bob being the former leader of the Greens. Um, An environmentalist. And he is, yes, he's a very, very... Very committed environmentalist for many, many years. And in fact, I listened to a speech Bob Brown made 20 years ago on climate change. 20 years. That's how long he's been talking about it for. Bob Brown, good morning to you. Good morning to you both. Great to be with you. Yeah, nice to have you in Perth. Welcome. Um, What brings you here? Well, I'm just on the way down to Jalora from Perth. Um, partner Paul's driving and we've got a beautiful rainbow right in front of us. Oh. So we're going down to see the, the folk there who have been for 20 years trying to protect their little patch of extraordinarily important woodland and wetland, which is about to be blitzed by bulldozers. And, uh, you know, it's full of rare and endangered uh, well, the woodlands themselves are rare, listed common, mm. uh, by the Commonwealth as rare, but they've got in critically endangered western ringtail possums and three varieties of black cockatoos and orchids and fish. And, uh, you know, there's no other place for these mm. creatures to be, but there's a couple of other options for the highway taking us through, if you want to drive from Perth a bit quicker, through to Margaret River. So... Uh, Curiously, um, uh, we we got picked up, or I got approached by the good friends of Jalora. Um, last year, we went down to the Margaret Rivers Riders Festival. That was fantastic. And so we had a little look as we drove past, but I haven't been into the woodlands, and I'm looking forward to doing that today. And they're, they're having a people's rally down there tomorrow at the 11th hour to try to get Tanya Plibersek, our new minister for the environment, to... Um, have a change of heart and protect this woodland and let the road building go on uh, in places that are already cleared a little bit to the west. Do you know what's really interesting? Oh, sorry. No, you go, Sap. Carry on. Um, What's really interesting about this, this ring road that's going in, I reckon if you asked every single driver that goes from Perth to Bunbury, if they would prefer to keep that exquisitely old forest area with critically endangered species, if they would prefer to keep that as it is and take the extra 10-minute drive around that area, 95% of people would say, we don't care about having an extra 10, 15 minutes on our drive. Keep that corridor. That's right, Sabrina. And, you know, um, they've now changed it so that there's quite a number of roundabouts going to be along this road and it's not really going to save drivers any time compared to the alternatives Mm. at all. Um, It'll be a bit faster than going through Bunbury, Mm. but um, the alternatives uh, will be just as fast, if not faster. You know, going back to the woodland, I'm just so looking forward to it. Included there is 
what's reputed to be the world's largest mistletoe. Right ah, in the yes, way the mucha. Right. Mm, uh, yes, yeah. uh, uh, um, Christmas tree or bush, uh, West Australian special, and what a thing! You know, it should have a it should have a lover's seat under it, where you can go and sit under the mistletoe and say, "This is the biggest in the world," and people would come from everywhere. Yeah, of course uh, they would. And surely that's not absolutely. going to be split. No. And Bob, the muja tree is very, um, very significant for Noongar people, um, and this one is—they reckon it's about four hundred years old. So oh, I don't know of any other place in the world that would not protect a four hundred year old tree. Uh, only in our own Tarkine in Tasmania, and we've had a a big fight over the rainforest over there. And coming over here on a high because the federal court ruling last week means that the machines that were going to put a toxic waste dump in that rainforest will be moving out on Monday. The courts ruled wow. that the federal minister made a mistake there. It's got to be rectified. They should not have allowed um, the doubt about the very rare masked owls, the biggest barn owls in the world that live in that forest, they shouldn't allow a doubt about that to um, allow the bulldozers in. They should have gone the other way and said, if there's doubt about this, you must protect it. Because they, as is as with the Jalorop uh, or the Bunbury Outer Ring Road, there's options. There's options for the development, but there's not options for these wonderful creatures in a country which has got such a terrible record of extinctions and where, on current projections, half of our bird species, for example will be extinct this century. We've really got to uh, look after them, and that means looking after their habitat, and that means looking after the banksias and the chewets and the, the wonderful woodlands down at Jalora. I can't wait to see them. Bob, uh, thank you for coming on the show. Before I let you go, um, we've been celebrating trees for National Tree Day tomorrow and asking our listeners to tell us about our favourite tree memories, which has included stories about uh, cubby houses underneath them. It's included um, stories about paper rounds and the roots of trees becoming certain shapes and telling stories. Have you got a favourite tree memory from growing up um, that you can share with us and our listeners? Well, when I was growing up, there was an 80-metre-high tree in the Sticks Valley in Tasmania, and a young teacher called Miranda went up that tree 60 metres. That's higher than any building in Tasmania, and had a platform, and she stayed there for 449 days. Wow. Mum visited her, her father went and visited her. You had to get up on ropes. And uh, my partner, Paul, baked her a cake, and we went up and had cake and tea with her. Oh, wow. And you know... <laughs> She finally had to come down, but that's now in the World Heritage Area and Miranda's oh. trees protected. So that was, I was terrified going up there. But she lived there through snow and hail and oh, rain and wow. uh, all. And the trees protected. So there's a good, yeah. there's a great story of somebody taking action and as a result, a fantastic part of our environment. A great tree for Australia. Is still well, alive I, have to t- I have to tell you, Bob, I. I think you're an inspiration for for every single person that understands how important protection of environment is for the well-being of human beings on this planet. Absolutely. So. What we do to the environment, we do to ourselves. And we've just got this one beautiful little planet 
and we, it's up to us to hand it on to the next generation as beautiful as we've got it and as safe as we've got it and as full of wild and marvellous creatures as we've got it. Good on you, Bob. Thank you so much. Uh, enjoy your time in WA. It's 13 to 10. Coming back to your calls next. Gardening with Rowanna and Sabrina on ABC Radio Perth and WA. All right, let's jump back into them now. Nice to have Bob Brown on the program. Let's head to Sandy, who's down in Albany. Good morning. Good morning, ladies. Um, morning. My, da- my daughter lives in Duncraig and she has a protea and she wants to know when and how much she can prune it or if she can prune it. Oh, yeah, you can definitely prune it, Sandy. So the best way to prune proteas is once the flower has fully developed and you may want to cut it to put it in a vase, that's when you prune it. Now, proteas, you you cannot prune hard, so you constantly prune off the flowers as they develop and you you come down about 20 centimetres below where it has flowered. Okay, then. And what time of year? Any time? any time, whenever it's flowering, after the flowering the, the flowering finishes, that's when you prune it. Okay, Sandy, thank you. Um, hopefully that's helpful for your daughter. Uh, let's head to Roslyn, who's in Cloverdale. Hey, Roslyn. Oh, good morning. Um, uh, since we're you know, living more at home, I have a lot more indoor plants. And I was just wondering <laughs> what sort of fertiliser should one use because some of them are looking a little bit poorly. Okay, so Rosalind, at this time of the year, we don't want to force feed indoor plants because they're they're sort of they're slowing right down. So once the weather starts warming up and the daylight hours start lengthening, which will be in about three weeks, then you can use a liquid. There is actually a um, there's a specially designed indoor plant foliar spray that you buy in a spray bottle and it's got growth hormones in it and it makes uh, it builds up chlorophyll in the leaves. So you won't be able to get it from hardware stores but if you go to a nursery, they will have this particular indoor plant spray. Um, so it's a foliar spray and then in September you can add in the, the slow-release um, pelletised Fertiliser, can't give you a name, but um, there's many of them, many, many of them. Thank you, Sab. Uh, good luck with that one, Roslyn. Hey, Sab, um, I forgot to tell you, Malcolm mm-hmm. from Carnarvon, 73 mm-hmm. years old, loved your pick of the week. Oh, 10 out of Malcolm. 10, Malcolm said. Malcolm. And Jan ripper. out in Kalgoorlie was jamming and loved it, was dancing wow. around. So that the thumbs awesome. ups just yeah. keep flying Good on you, through. Malcolm. I'll yeah. be dancing to hip hop when I'm seventy as well. <laughs> uh, Karen writes Sav on zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty. Good morning, ladies. Could you tell me if I can dig up my grafted dwarf red flowering gum and replant somewhere else? It's nah. about two meters tall. I'll nah. stop talking. Yep, nah. that's a no, nah. Karen. <laughs> <laughs> so the problem with with the problem with all the gum trees, including the grafted ones, is unless you have an entire Kings Park team on your side, you will not be able to successfully dig up um, a two-metre-tall gum tree and transplant it. They do not like that root disturbance and even in Kings Park they can take up to six months 
to prepare a tree for transplanting. So um, I'm so sorry, Karen, but <laughs> I reckon you're going to have to go and buy yourself another grafted. Look, give it a crack. <laughs> I mean, you know, I could be wrong. Oh, and it I sounds love like being don't waste your energy. <laughs> Um, tree stories. Brooke writes, I grew up in New South Wales and we had the most beautiful Chinese elm with a wonderful cubby house. Recently sold when parents were downsizing. My brother very cleverly, cleverly chainsawed a branch and I made serving boards for all of us. It was a lovely oh. grain and brings lovely comments whenever I use it. That's oh. nice, Brooke. Um, and then Nicola writes, Morning, Rowan, Sabrina, tree memories. My aunt years ago was caring for a sick relative. She was supposed to have given up – she had supposed to have given up smoking, but she used to go for walks in the field. <laughs> no one told her that it was a bit odd to see smoke rings coming out from behind an oak tree about five foot up the trunk. Every time I see an oak tree, I think of her. <laughs> So funny. So good. Um, another email. Hi, ladies. We have a fig tree in our front yard that is splitting at the base of the tree. There's a photo there which you should yep. be able to see, Sab. Yep, um, yep. Is there a treatment? That's from Craig in Dudley Park. Yes. Now, you know what's going on here, Craig, is the treatment is it's to stop someone from smashing the base of that tree with a bloody lawnmower <laughs> or the whippersnipper because that's exactly what the damage is. Mm. So if you bash the base of a tree constantly with a lawnmower or a whippersnipper, that's the injury <laughs> you get. So the treatment will be to go and get a collar put around the tree so it can't physically be beaten up anymore. <laughs> there you go, Craig. Uh, guidance should be noted. Um, all right, what have we got? Six and a half minutes left. We've got a full bank of calls. Let's rip through these. PJ in East Frio can get us back underway. Good morning. Hello. Hi, PJ. Hello, PJ. How can we help? Um, hi, Sabrina. Hi, uh, Rose. Um, I've got a Cecil Brunner rose that I bought a bare rooted and it's in a pot for the last year and I've managed to save it from the thrip and everything. And do I prune it? Yes, you certainly do, PJ. <laughs> so now the Cecile Brun Brunner rose um, flowers on and off all year round. So hook into it now. All right. So take a third off it and bung it in the ground and off she'll go. Beautiful. Thank you, Sab. Thanks, PJ. Uh, we are being a bit short and sharp because we are very close to the end of the program. Uh, Libby is at Seabird. Hey, Libby. Hi, Ro. Hi, Sabby. Um, Hi, Libby. A passion, a passion fruit vine. Um, mm -hmm. It's now virtually stopped fruiting. When yep. can I prune it and how far can I prune it? Okay. Um, you prune it in September and you can take 50% off. There we go. Simple as that. Is that problem Fantastic. solved, Thank Libby? Thank you, bye. Yep, beautiful. <laughs> She's happy. We're happy. Yep. <laughs> Very good. Elvie, good morning to you. Good morning, Sabrina. Thank you for your music. Fabulous. Thank <laughs> you I have a, a nasty snail situation in the vegetable patch. I, yeah. I dug it all up. I collected all the snails. I've soaked them to do something with them. I don't know what. But they've yeah. all come back. Babies, there's millions of them. What can I do? Does that, does that iron chelate uh, pellets work or can you help me please? It's a yeah, the, the, iron, the iron chelates work. The, do you know what's more effective on those little snails, LV, is you can get it in a liquid form. 
So rather than the pellets, get the liquid because you can spray that on your veggies. does no harm to your veggies. You can still eat them, but it's a much more effective way of getting maximum head count on the snail. I'm very excited. Have a lovely day. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you. Elvie. Uh, we can go to Kathy now. She wants to talk about mulberry trees. Hey, Kathy. Hi, Sabrina. Hi, everyone. Um, I've got a mulberry tree in Bustle and we were planning to prune it. But mm-hmm. my goes, no, no, no. There's fruit at the end of each branch of the branches. So what's yep. going on? Okay, well, don't. Well, that's some mulberry trees fruit really early and some fruit in summer. So don't prune it, but prune it at the end of March. March, okay. Thank you so much, Sabrina. No worries. Thank you. Good job, Kathy. We've done good getting through these calls. We're we're ripping through. How efficient. Let's go to Brian in Duncraig. Hey, Brian. Hello, how are you? Yeah, good. Uh, that's good. I, um, my uh, Janista yellow imp, I had it for two years. Mm-hmm. It's been growing for two years. And for some reason, uh, it was lovely. It was a lovely green leaves, beautiful yellow uh, foldings. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, it, uh, uh, all of a sudden, it... Um, and over the winter, it's died off. I've got nothing left. Okay, so Brian, with that Janista, there's a tiny little caterpillar that absolutely annihilates them, eats every single leaf till there is nothing left. Yeah, Don't right. give up on it. Now, I want you to prune it back in two weeks' time and then uh, fertilise it, even though there's no leaves on it. Get rid of the prunings because there will be caterpillar eggs left somewhere around the shop. So, um, yeah, it'll be those mongrel little tiny caterpillars. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Uh, probably our last caller this morning. We are edging close just two and a bit minutes away from 10 o'clock. After the news at 10, Sports Talk, the guys will be with you. Uh, they will also have three special guests today on the show. Fremantle Dockers defender Alex Pierce will be on uh, following last night's loss to Melbourne. West Coast Eagles chairman Russell Gibbs will also join the team. And John Rilly, the new coach of the Perth Wildcats. So Sports lovers make sure you stay listening and even if you're not a sports lover you can learn a thing or two so you should keep your radio on abc perth a tree memory coming through whilst climbing a very high neighborhood gum tree my older brother sent me higher and higher as older brothers do (laughs) when i hit the highest branches he told me to test its strength by bouncing on it it failed i fell 30 feet onto a barbecue plate broke three vertebrae and spent oh. two weeks in hospital. My bro still smirks when he tells the story. <laughs> Brotherly love. What a beautiful thing. That's oh, a cracker. Wow. Um, oh. Kieran, uh, who's actually a Capel Shire counsellor, has called, uh, called in um, and said that it was great that Bob Brown has come over to see the corridor, but they haven't been able to get a cabinet minister to come down and see that same corridor. I think he's talking about a state government cabinet minister, but um, Bob Brown also mentioning um, the federal government as well. So we'll watch that space. Um, very quickly, hi, Sabrina. My star Jasmine has black tips on its leaves like a triangle. What can I do? 
Uh, nothing. So just <laughs> so that's easy, really. That's your job done there. Um, just prune those off. Uh, I wouldn't worry about it. Oh, simple as that. Uh, very quick Easy one peasy. again. Jane in Bayswater, moving house in mid-September. When should she propagate ornamental grape and how? Now. now? Take yep. 30 centimetre cuttings, shove them in a pot with potting mix and they'll develop roots within three months and then hoorah, off you go. Man, we are efficient. Sabrina Hahn, it's been a pleasure. This is an ABC podcast.